Are you a Catholic and you're confused with Halloween? This program is for you. I think when the devil sees a Catholic celebrating Halloween, he must have a good laugh and think how ignorant they are. I think today we're going to have an opportunity to dig deep into the history and the practices of what Halloween is and where it came from. I'm Father Arthur Lemnikian from the Heralds of the Gospel. I'm Brother Justin Bonian. I'm Brother Gustavo, and this is the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. Salve Maria, welcome to the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. And uh, today we're going to deal with a topic that we have been announcing for several days and is everything about Halloween. I think we're going to leave tonight with a very clear notion. We're going to debunk Halloween, eh, if, we, if we can, no? And at the same time, we need to make sure that everybody who has children, everybody who is a Catholic, everybody who eventually needs to have some clarity regarding what Halloween is and how we can be involved and still be a Catholic or just be a cultural Catholic, I don't know. Well, all of those things are going to be clarified as much as possible in this program. So I'm here with uh, Father... Arthur Lipnikian, he is the superior of the Heralds of the Gospel here in Canada. I'm here with Brother Justin Bonian, who also teaches in Guiding Light Academy and is uh, head of the religious department. And so we're going to, thanks to the Catechism of the Catholic Church and a little bit of a hint in this history of Halloween, we are going to try to somehow explain to our uh, to the people that are listening all these details that are very relevant and very important. So, Father, it's a complex issue. It's, <laughs> I can't it's complex because it's not clear cut, you know. Right. And when we talk about Halloween, we need to understand that there are different uh, Halloweens uh, through, the, through the centuries. We could divide them in three major, um, major parts, let's say, that uh, the, the old pagan Halloween that is uh, a, a Celtic ritual called uh, uh, Sowin, hmm? that we're going to describe a little bit on, the, on, on this, because uh, actually we see that, that the modern Halloween comes from there. Then we have the medieval Halloween, All Hallows Eve, no? it's Old English, All Saints Eve, so it's a beautiful Catholic Th feast. That was a Catholic one. That, that, that was a Catholic oh. one, that's the second one. There's a Catholic one, it's a beautiful feast that was installed by, the, by several popes, actually participating in, in the in the um, um, organization of the um, All Saints, and then we have the the All Souls that came the, the, on uh, the following day, first of November, All Saints, second of no November, All Souls, and then we have the modern Halloween as we know it today, which is a completely uh, different thing. Uh, it's a hodgepodge of of cultural uh, elements thrown together. I think it's interesting when you're talking about the Celtic um, reality is, to, is not to forget that the uh, base, the, the, uh, we may say the barbarian base of Europe was Celtic 2,000 years ago. Um, the, Celtic, the Celts were as far away as the uh, Kievan Rus out in Ukraine. All across Northern Europe, across the Baltic Basin, uh, throughout France and Germany, and of course England, Ireland, Wales, Manx, or the Manx people, the people from Man, um, and, and Ireland of course, uh, Brittany of course, the Bretons and the Cornwall, Cornwallians, and all the way down to um, northern Spain. 
and when we forget that, how far and wide these peoples were and their customs, right? That also tells you something about the richness of their culture, but that's something to keep in mind. It isn't something um, excluded just to Ireland or just to a little area. It is very vast, and it gave its roots to um, much of what is present-day uh, present Europe. So off, the, off the mic, Father was talking about 1,000 years before Christ. They, ha they, had, they celebrated a very important event, actually. You know? the, the feast was called Sowin. It's, it's a Gaelic name. Uh, and uh, it, it, we don't know exactly what it means, but it m may mean the end of summer. So when end end of summer. Hmm? So the end of summer is, uh, let's say, uh, the beginning of winter, when the falls, the the, the, the leaves of the trees fall. Well, I'm sure the people that are watching, the ones on the radio, they yeah. will not see this, but in the background, we have just across the street of the Hills of the Gospel here, the house. It, that's the scenery we are seeing, and it's true. Now we have all the, all the leaves falling, and it's an idea. Now, yeah, winter is coming, something is dying. Uh, so people think, you know, seeing, seeing leaves falling. I'm not a, also a leaf that is falling from these trees and is going to, uh, to go down where I am going. The medieval church will take very much into that, and the liturgy will reflect that, yes. the aspect of death and end, yeah, the end which is coming. But we're not there yet. So this is something that's it's very much a part of the human soul, right, where death is a very great reality. Um, modern man has found ways of forgetting that we die, and we have... Um, we have mindfulness now. We have multiple <laughs> things. Um, we don't die. We, we kill ourselves. <laughs> Uh, we we have euthanasia instead. We die. We don't. We we, we we die on our own our own terms. We don't think about dying. No, we, we don't think. That's a problem. It would be very very interesting because we're talking about the church, no? And the church means well, priests. The church means deacons. Church means one thousand years before, we have someone that is uh, a character here is the druids, yes. and I'm really not that familiar, honestly. So if you could explain a little bit what the Druids were and why? Well, the Druids were, were the priests of this pagan uh, cult hmm, that uh, was worshipping the spirits. Hmm. So their main feast already explains very much their, 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 their religious philosophy hmm, because it's the, uh, it's, it's the fall. Hmm. Everything is going to, to finish and uh, w a new year will start. Hmm. After winter, there's a new, a new year. So we need to prepare ourselves for this uh, new um, year that is going to start. So they said, yes, we have to invoke the spirits. Mm -hmm. So the 31st of, of October was the day in which they will call on the spirits of the dead. Now, pay attention. Dead means two things. When a person dies, he's dead. Okay. But when a person goes to hell, he's spiritually dead. So it's another type of dead. Mm. So these priests were going, to, were going to call on the spirits of the dead who were in hell. Mm. So this, this, is not, this is not worshipping your ancestors. This no. is worshipping... Those who have gone badly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they are the priests of the devil. The devil has a church. Hmm? 
and he has changed uh, during during history many 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 names. Hmm? The, the 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 church of the devil has many names because <laughs> he uh, he doesn't mind you know he, uh, but uh, the uh, so the, these druids were the priests and they will go door to door asking people for a sacrifice in order to offer the sacrifice to the dead to the dead meaning hmm, the bad spirits the, those who are in, who are in hell and for for them to help you and help the people in the year to come so they were they were going to invoke the dead in this sense and this uh was something that that, that was mysterious that that was uh, uh so by you giving to this 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 offering you were partaking in the offering exactly you were eating from the offering but what would what would they offer it could be uh, it could it could, it could be uh, 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 food. Hmm? It, could, it, it could be human sacrifices. They would offer the children. They could offer a woman, you know, to the druids, etc. They were offering sacrifices, human sacrifice to to them. Anything the druid would ask, they would have to give. They would have to give. Ah. If not, the spirits would, would be against you. Will be against. And they will punish you. If you don't give, you will you will be punished. By, by the uh, by, by the bad spirits. That also brings in the element of the jack-o'-lantern. Yes. Right, as a guide to keep the spirits away. Um, the relationship between the spirits and the, um, and the humans was very similar to that of the Egyptians, which were trying, to, their, their witch doctors would try to keep away those spirits, not allow them to interact, because what interact was a bad thing. In the Egyptian mythology, it was the duet. You would keep that line away. And it's very similar. And in a certain sense, they were very similar because both of them were very satanic. Both the Egyptian mythology and also the Druic mythologies. Well, but Justin, you're mentioning of, of the Mike, of Mike there, yeah, that um, the Irish naturally like stories, right? Oh. Uh, because uh, I'm just saying because of the question of the, of the lantern and Jack. Can you? Well, I mean, the first point is that remember that the Druic traditions were were recounted voc of, uh, verbally. They were they were never written down. They didn't have a written language, so um, the written language came with Christianity. Um, the monks, very quickly after Patrick um, began his conversion, had a tremendous fight with the Druids, um, where he had something that was almost like the Acts of the Apostles where he, uh, they were flying, not one, but a whole multitude of these things flying and throwing their serpents and everything. And he, with the sign of the cross, defeats all of them. Not like some battle, no. It was very anticlimactic because he didn't, he didn't struggle with them. He just made the sign of the cross and they all disappeared. And he got rid of the serpents. St. Patrick brings this in perspective, you know, because sometimes we think, well, these people were pagan, they had their druids, and maybe they were just, you know, Patrick misguided was, people. Or, or Patrick was a type of druid himself. And more modern interpretations, they tried to say that Patrick was a druid himself, which is not true. He was as Catholic as you could be. But also it's important to put this whole battle, the, the Christianization of the Celts in perspective. This is the time of St. Augustine. 
they were they were they lived during the same time. So we, it's interesting because sometimes we 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 get very upset with the situation of faith in a particular place or within a particular family. And um, just think of Augustine writing his City of God and his Confessions, where he's seeing society and and civilization dying. Rome has been sacked. Everything is dying. He writes his works talking about a hope of a future. And at the same time, Patrick is converting Ireland, who will later send missionaries out to convert Europe. God always has a mysterious action of grace. But the writings of St. Patrick are very medieval. They're very much the idea of an I-thou relationship with God, very contrary to the kind of the uh, mea culpa attitude of the ancients. But just get back to our points there, which that the um, Irish monks wrote down the myths of the Druids. Mm -hmm. And why? Because it was something that needed to be kept in knowledge. Why? Because they knew that in the future people would look back and begin making stories and, 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 and feel, oh, it was so much better in this time and so much better. So it was important that we have an account and the Irish monks were known for that. The, one of the jokes that one of the, one of the historians said, the Irish monks were a generation before were murderers um, petty murderers and kings, and next generation they're giving themselves to God. Um, one moment they're collecting gold for themselves and for their and for their peoples, and generation next they are collecting books. And it was because of the Irish Renaissance, which happened about 500 A.D., that we have as many books from the antique generations as we do. And the monastery spread throughout Europe, and before the Benedictine reform. So it's important that we understand this in perspective. The Druids uh, were nothing nice. There was nothing kind and beautiful. And Oh, if they were suppressed because they were so cute. No. They were the ancestors of the priests. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Were. They tried to kill uh, uh, Patrick. Oh, many times. Yeah, many times. And once, you know, the, 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 um, uh, he, Patrick was, uh, was traveling on a, on a horse um, uh, chariot, chariot, and he was uh, was one of his disciples and the disciple had a kind of an intuition that the druids were willing to kill saint patrick so he said he said to to saint patrick please you know you are going to be driving the um, uh, the horse and i'm going to be sitting in the back <laughs> and and you know it, it uh, it, it, it was amazing because it, it really happened. They tried to kill him, and he died, and not St. Patrick. Mm. Wow. The Irish intuition. Yes. <laughs> so they, they love uh, the night. Mm. This, this ceremony of, uh, of, of uh, took, took place at night. They would light big fires because um, many cultures, they, they considered fire you know, was a symbol of God. And actually it is. It is a symbol of, of the true God. Mm. But, uh, for example, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 4, it is said that um, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire. So God is a consuming fire, and the fire is a symbol of God. But these pagans, they thought that the fire was God, yeah. which is not, uh, not, not correct. W the God is the one who did the fire <laughs> to be a symbol of himself. Mm. Yeah, they got a problem of the symbol and symbolized and got them mixed up. Exactly. So they they love they love to do it at night. Hmm? The the uh, the the devil loves darkness. The um, uh, God is the light. God created the, the light for us to understand. The devil 
likes darkness, he does li likes confusion, and um, he um, uh, he wants to take people away from from the light. So Saint Patrick and then the Church, uh, as you just mentioned, uh, fought against these pagan uh, traditions, and they explained to people how all these things were were, were evil. That really there are spirits, but the spirits are the angels and not the devils. Do you the, the so, so just to recap, so these druids are going at night, door to door. They demand from you human a sacrifice. human sacrifice or an offering or whatever. Maybe if you don't give it to me, this or this or this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then St. Patrick comes. And then the church, all of a sudden? I mean, what's very important to look at within the history of, uh, course, we're looking at the history of Ireland here. And this is the same case. We look at Scotland and, and all the other Celtic places. Um, P uh, Patrick doesn't have an army. I don't even think he had a sword. But he's able to convert these people who are bloodthirsty. Don't forget, Ireland was made up of 32 counties. Each county had a king. Each county was trying to kill everyone else. All he did was kill each other. Um, and we'll see remnants of that later on with the, with the crisis of Columba, St. Columba, when he, again, was involved in the interaction wars and everything else. And he gets, he gets expelled from Ireland and sent to Scotland. Um, we forget this, right? So why did the Irish people convert to Patrick? He didn't offer them anything. He offered them truth. But also imagine not the kind of freedom you're having these people at night demanding for your demanding your children to be sacrificed, and all of a sudden St. Patrick comes with the light of Christ. Obviously, no, that's, that's beautiful, kind of very liberating in the good sense. No? Of the snakes, which were the um, the pets of the Druids. So that was one of the things he expelled all their cursed elements. So, Father, you were talking, you were saying in the beginning, no, sorry if I, if I interrupted you, but that the church all of a sudden comes and, and offers another Halloween, right? So, uh, now we, we, are, we are moving ahead. Uh, St. Patrick, is, is, uh, he existed in, in the 5th century. Then in the 6th and 7th century, the church starts, you know, to educate the people and try to, to take them out from darkness into light. And uh, Pope uh, Boniface IV, he... Uh, institute the feast of all saints. So, okay, yes, we need to know what's going, what's going to happen. We need to have a communication with the world that is beyond what we see because it's real and we are going to be part of it. So, who are those who are going to guide us in the right direction? Are the devils or are the saints hmm? or the angels? Hmm? So, the Pope institutes a, a feast. Uh, by coincidence, let's say, precisely on on the on on the on the same moment in which the um, the Celtic had th this pagan feast, uh, he instituted on the first of, of November the feast of all saints. It was actually you know in May, but then they was moved to to November. That is a little uh, a coincidence in dates, no? Because we're talking about thirty first of October, first of November, this November the second. So is then when the word Halloween appears, this is when Hallow's when the Eve. Hallow's Eve exactly. The, this is the Eve of the saints. So we need to talk with the saints. We need to venerate the saints. 
Unfortunately, today, you know, we, we, we don't talk with the saints anymore, people who don't well, pray. We, we, yeah. we are practical, we're, we're anti-metaphysicians. We don't believe in what's above what I can see and touch and feel, or my empirical knowledge. So we, we, uh, we tend to live in a, in a practical, in a very pragmatic, in a very um, low-level world. But the thing is that the human soul of all human beings is done to for another dimension, and it's Thursday to, for this dimension, you know, as St. Augustine said, as said to many, many, many other saints, you know. So if we don't give to the human being the right answer and the right communication with what is good, he will necessarily go and look what is bad, because he needs to go above his, uh, the life of every day. And this is what explains why this Feast of Halloween has an attraction, and it's a good attraction. Because, yes, we need to venerate the, um, the saints. We need to venerate the, um, the angels. And there is a communication between us and those who are in eternity. Mm. So that feast comes, and uh, the church, uh, the church uh, is, is a very happy feast. Huh? Uh, All Saints is a, is a, a feast of, of joy. Um, it's a feast of, um, of veneration. It's, it's a feast of, uh, in which people feel lift up and they are supported by, uh, by, by the saints. Each one actually has a guardian angel. Hmm? That's the gift that God uh, gives to each person wh when he's uh, born. It's, it's not a small gift. Uh, we receive a guardian angel. So this is the day in which we communicate with him and we communicate with, with the saints. We pray with the saints and on the following day, we pray for all those who have died, and still they are not in paradise. They are, they are, they are not in the full union with uh, with God, uh, which is uh, heaven. Hmm. So then, the uh, the unfortunately, in the uh, 16th and and 17th and 18th uh, century, this feast starts to be uh, mixed up with. Uh, other things that are not exactly, you know, uh, pure uh, Catholic thinking, and uh, we once again we try to bring, you know, things of the of the underworld. We're, we're talking about darkness. we're talking about Ireland, no, because the Irish are the ones that came here to North America, and apparently they imported all of this. But uh, uh, it seems that the Protestants tried somehow to counteract no, this Feast of All Saints all and everything. Well, I think they counteract all the feasts. All the um, so we're looking at the um, Puritans in the United States. So we're talking about the ones principally in um, what is now New England. And they, they were against everything. Their, their, their relatives in England were the ones that were in favor of abolishing all music, all color, uh, all celebrations, birthdays, Christmas, and of course, All Saints Day disappears. Everything disappears. So we get rid of all of it. Um, and of course, these, these holidays would have come over with the Irish in the different waves, the, fle the, the flight of the earls, and then the pre-potato um, famine, and the potato famine, and the subsequent um, exoduses from, from the Celtic lands, right? When they had the clearings in Scotland. Right, where they um, decided to clear out the Catholic Highlanders and they came again to North America because there was nowhere else for them to come. They brought with them these 
Catholic traditions, but unfortunately, when people become ill-educated, which was actually the plan of the Puritan Protestants, which was to uh, debase the Catholics, take away the vehicles of education, when people are, are ill-educated, they become superstitious. They lose the element of what, what faith builds in with them, and superstition begins to supplement. That's the danger of being, being ignorant, huh? Absolutely. And I think that is one of the, the, the tools that the devil used with Halloween, used the, 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 the finicky element of superstition with which um, allowed to grow, allowed, left untended grew uh, and it gave the uh, bed for which you're going to talk about now the um, more modern iterations of Halloween. So basically from the Old Hallows Eve we went again back to the superstitions, poorly catechized people, ignorant and then... The we're back to the Druid. The Druids again. Yeah. They Satan jump. always goes back to his old, his Pray old, for us. His old team. <laughs> He's going to go back to his old team. Yeah, America, after the Second World War, they, they came with a kind of commercialized Halloween that was not uh, really Catholic. It was a mixture of, uh, of some... But it wasn't spiritual. No, not spiritual at all. It was, was uh, materialistic. But then they introduced, in order to make it more funny and attractive, they introduced the funny things of the Druids. Hmm. They, of, of, of they brought in the ghoulish, they brought in the macabre, but made it funny. The, the, the pumpkin, huh? The pumpkin heads and, and the different stories and what have you. But they were funny. They weren't, they weren't nightmare-inducing. Yes. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but that was where they were going, but that wasn't there yet. Because when you make fun of the devil, the devil takes it seriously. <laughs> he comes in. And he, he, opened the door. He, he opened the door. You can never do, uh, make fun or, or do funny things and dress yourself as the devil. Oh, no, just, just a, a funny thing. It's not a funny thing. The devil takes it seriously. And, and there are many cases of possessions during Halloween. Children that do uh, weird things, and, and the devil really gets them. Hmm? Absolutely. So yes, but at a certain moment, right, the tones start to become darker and darker. No, we go from the post Hollywood or the Hollywood, uh, you know. Yeah, we're talking like 45, 50, 55, 1955, and then moves into the 60s, and we hit the 70s. That's where it becomes dark. That's where it begins the darkening element, where you end up with Hollywood coming up with films um, with this darker element, this more spiritual. And don't forget also, I think it's another problem that we were talking about before, which is that the human person is made with a body and soul. We're made with a soul. And we're striving for what is above the physical. And the problem is, is that society um, had sucked out the spiritual out of society. Um, this was a crisis of faith, both in the Catholic Church and in the world as, as a whole. Um, and when the soul, it has no spiritual there is no spiritual. It's absent. You're living only with the tangible, only with the material. The soul's looking for something. The soul's looking for oxygen. And unfortunately, you feed it what? You feed it garbage. You feed it, you feed it the preternatural. So uh, people, you know, they, they, they ask the children, what are you going to be? And the question is, it's a limited question because actually, the, uh, they are asking, what are you going to be in life on earth? But the real question is, what are you going to be even 
after death? What are you going to be in eternity? Are you going to be a saint? That's the real question. Do you want to be a good person? So um, the, um, uh, the, the emptiness of the, the supernatural, of the good supernatural, not teaching people the, the, the real things of the spirit, of the, uh, of the saint, of the angel, opens the door to all these weird things that we're seeing today. The 18th chapter of Deuteronomy, it says something that's very important. It says, not to try to consult the spirits of the dead, not dabbling in magic and witchcraft and the like, because it's a violation of the covenant with God. And we have to remember that, because that's serious. I'm not sure if you remember the story of um, Saul with the, with the witches of Andorra, right? And, and, and Samuel, who's dead, He's dead and in the bosom of Abraham. He says, you have bothered me. What have you done? And he says, well, I needed to know. God won't speak to me. He says, you didn't catch a hint, basically. God doesn't want to talk to you. You've done wrong. He's, and, and he said, you have done a grievous evil. You have broken the covenant. Right? So that's really important. So when we fool around with these things, you know, some people think it's toys, right? Like you have a, a Ouija board. You can buy it at Toys R Us, okay? You're going to commune with who? Who are you communing with? No, it's just fun. The devil doesn't think it's fun. The devil's like, yes, I opened the door and I'm allowed in. You are inviting me in. That's it. We're done. And the devil accepts any invitation. Oh, any, any He's not exactly the most uh, um, busy person in that sense. <laughs> He'll accept any invitation from anyone at all times. He's open to all invites. He's a, he's a lousy guest. He's, he gets in the door and never leaves. So the Bishop of, uh, of Biloxi, actually, he did a very uh, courageous uh, statement. Uh, he, uh, he came out with a memorandum in which he, he, um, he alerts no, the, uh, uh, the faithful in the diocese of not going after all these weird things you know, and not, not putting decorations of things that are from the devil uh, in, in, the, in any property of, uh, of the church and actually in any property of, of any Catholic uh, house. So. You know, sometimes Catholics complain, okay, but where is this explanation, you know, on Sunday Mass? Eventually, you know, where is this uh, clarification that they can receive, you know, from our pastors? Well, here we are, right? This is a bishop, Bishop of Biloxi, Alabama, I think he said, no? Yeah. Alabama, uh, Mississippi, Mississippi. And then here he goes, right? He explains. Read right from his words, because it's, it's, it's meant to be straightforward, to the point, and in a land in the South where they love to decorate. They love their decorations, okay? Okay, the South is all about hospitality and about decorations and family and good times. That's the South. So he goes here, I quote, Today's culture has accepted practices of the occult as normal. It's very important. Our society has accepted the practices of occult as normal. He's, this is very important for us to underline. And Halloween has particularly been used to promote a celebration of the occult. Period. Okay? Clear. Are we having any doubts? No. no doubts. No more fun and games, people. It's pretty straightforward. Pretty Our children and adults are exposed to movies, books, music, television, games of all kinds, social media, etc., that make magic, demons and devils, and witches appear to be make-believe. A game, fun, attractive, and quote-unquote normal. He's very clear here. Very okay, clear. I don't. I don't think we have any discussion on that point. It's, it's cut and dry. And, and you know, unfortunately, 
uh, many uh, Catholic parents, they feel this peer pressure of the culture oh, of today, no, and brutal. for them it's difficult to face it. So they, they give in. They say, well, okay, it's easier. It's easier. It's easier to give in. What, you're going to be the weird one who doesn't? <laughs> I was talking to a parent now um, just a couple of days ago, and they don't do it. So they have no decorations. And this is here in the city of Toronto, in the suburbs. And their house was egged because they weren't yeah. participating. It's so it's not just peer pressure being a latent effect, but it's damaging their property. Okay? So I'll continue here. Okay, so he's talking about the diocese, diocese, right? He's giving an instruction for his diocese. He goes, Halloween and fall decorations. Again, very important for that area of the world. They really decorate. So uh, diocesan properties will not blur the lines between what is Christian and what is not. We must intentionally avoid those things that are contrary to our Catholic faith. And I think that's really important, is that um, by practicing these things, we are denying our Catholic faith. It's not just fun and games, but have become popularized through secular adaptation of Halloween. When people see items on display that celebrate magic, sorcery, Satan, divination, etc., they could assume them to be approved practices and that they are benign. So no confusion, no place for any... But I think also... Oh, he's, making, he's saying that what's the opposite of benign? Malignant. Malignant. <laughs> we should never have on our properties, even in jest or in play, decorations or items that represent evil or divination, such as fortune-telling, palm-reading, astrology, horoscopes, tarot cards, Ouija boards, and other items disguised as games, okay? And there are many more. Oh, yeah, he's, no, he's done a very good list, but there's many more. Yeah. I mean, uh, but again, it's a memo. It's not an encyclopedia, okay? Um, also, we must not encourage Halloween costumes that celebrate the dark world. We must encourage the world of light, Jesus, Mary, the saints in heaven. The custom of dressing up in the devotional, in, in devotionals, is in our in its roots. And Halloween is literally All Saints Eve, going house to house to receive good uh, food from neighbors in exchange for promising of prayer for their deceased loved ones was the beginning of the trick or treating. Celebrating this holy time of the year is good when respecting the sacred intentions of All Saints Day and All, Saint, All, All Souls Day. Halloween can be a lot of fun for the faithful. There are also so many ways to decorate and celebrate in a faith-filled way. Okay. So, Father, for those who are listening to us and for those who would like eventually to say, okay, if Halloween is basically a satanic ritual, right? What are the options that you could advise the the people who are listening, right? What are the options? What are the, the alternatives? For first, first, first of all, we should know what, what's going on and not, not be ignorant because if not, we don't know where we were going. Secondly, let's, let's, uh, let's uh, these guys are children of saints and not of devils. Let's do something uh, uh, fun, etc., but with good things. The church has, uh, has many resources uh, for this, and we have to, to actually to reinvent Halloween. 
as we mentioned in the beginning, the, the, there are three Halloweens now. We have to do the fourth one now. <laughs> we have to reinvent and we have to do the real, you know, uh, healthy, Catholic, uh, uplifting and not um, uh, taking down of, uh, for, uh, for, the, uh, for the children. Hmm? And uh, teach them to, have, to, uh, to know uh, the saints and to imitate and to, to look uh, towards the, uh, the saints and the angels and the, the, the good supernatural world. They are our friends, our real friends. They want us to be happy. The other ones have only misery in their minds. It's misery and sadness, right? So you want your little child, like your, new, your two-year-old toddler dressed up as, as Lucifer. Isn't that cute? Is that what you want? Exactly. And that's why it's so important for those who are parents that are listening to us. That's why it's so important what the educators talk when they say it's a teachable moment. No, Teachable moments are opportunities you have in which you can take advantage of a circumstance and actually project it to something big and something one can learn. So the lives of the saints. How many saints are there that we don't even know? right? And it's a particular fantastic opportunity to help the little ones to discover new saints. A lot of Catholics have this problem, and I encounter this a lot, which is that they believe that, I think fundamentally they believe heaven is empty, because the only ones in heaven are those that are canonized. Right? We know that the word canonized comes from Greek, which means put into a list. Yeah, yeah. But these are just the ones we know about. Right. How many hundreds and thousands, if not millions, of souls over the years were martyred for their faith, and no one knows a word about them? Right? We know a couple. Even then, we have groups. For example, you have a, a leader of a, of, of a Roman legion, and we'll say, and his 40 companions, or his 60 companions. We don't have their names, but they went to heaven. So there's plenty of choices out there. The question is, are we willing to confront the society, confront the culture of death that we live in, or are we just going to allow our little boat, our little family boat, to float aimlessly along? Well, perhaps one good suggestion we can make you know, to families is to get together with other families who think likewise and eventually you know, exchange and make of this, you know, this good, yeah, this good moment, you know, of, of remembering the saints and everything else. Eventually, you know, get together and uh, just make an exchange. Yeah. Initiatives in, in in Europe and in North America, uh, you know, the, the children get together and each one has to tell the story of a saint that he had chosen. Hmm? And the one who tells the best story, he gets, you know, a reward. He gets <laughs> a, a, a big uh, cake or whatever, chocolates. And this does an, an apostolate. Does, it is a way of bringing someone closer to God. And unfortunately, people do this on a negative sense. The, most, the more hideous, the more macabre their outfit, their costume is, they get a prize. So why can't we do the reversal? Why can't we do better? We've got better people. We can imitate the saints, we shouldn't imitate the druids, right? <laughs> because that's, that's what basically now, everybody who is a fan of St. Patrick in many, many ways, well, there we go, right? I mean, we should, we should imitate him in everything. That's wonderful. Very good. So I think we could wrap the whole, the whole night there, eh? basically explaining the whole, the whole program, explaining then what exactly Halloween was. And yes, no, it's not nice, it's not good. To participate definitely you know there is something that we can avoid
something that you can actually support with and is a launching that one of our brothers brother francois has has come with which is coffee Wonderful. i don't know if people like coffee we <laughs> do here in, in the heralds so you can order your coffee and then you can eventually uh, support the program by getting some of this fantastic um, again product that again is not ours we don't grow it here in schomburg but you know you okay. can order <laughs> not yet but you can order it whenever you can so For more information, you can look down in the uh, in the notes of the of the program uh, here in in YouTube. Very good. So yes. So for all your families, for your children, all those who are who are watching, all the grandchildren, I want to give a very special blessing that uh, asking through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary that she will give you the courage to give the good education and to follow the good examples and to stay away from the bad examples that unfortunately our society today can give. The Lord be with you. With May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Salve Maria, thank you for accompanying us in this program, and I'm sure we're going to have Father Arthur, Brother Justin, we're going get, to get together in many other programs, so stay in, stay in touch, stay tuned, as we say. So, salve Maria, everyone.